Well, welcome everybody to Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, aka Oscar Madison. No, actually, that's my, you're, you're that's Felix. my guest. You're Felix. I'm Felix, mm-hmm. and that voice you hear is Oscar Madison. And if you get that dated reference, well, then you'll understand. This Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans, with me. Mark, hope you had a good weekend. How are you doing? Uh, doing great, Johnny. And uh, I, it is a dated reference, but the odd couple is almost like scripture it's shakespeare it's <laughs> it's american culture you know it was a movie with jack no jack klugman's in a tv show with yeah. tony randall right. the movie was jack lemon and walter matthau and it was a play on broadway forever and it's been redone what didn't matt leblanc do uh no, it was uh perry oh uh, matthew perry matthew from perry. friends mm-hmm. is that still on the air i don't know if that made it he played the no. messy guy come on you can't do that if you cast matthew perry the odd couple he's got to play the neat guy yeah. what are we doing here yeah i mean that, that's the thing if you just a peek behind a curtain as i was getting the show ready we have our in-studio computer here and i'm getting it ready and i do it a particular way that i like and all of a sudden i'm back to work and you start laughing at me you start laughing because you, you fill said, the screen with the little yeah. audio window mm-hmm. and everything, and and you fill. I it am OCD. And, I am totally fine with that. And on the screen, I have all my audio files hanging out, and I'm thinking, I am so <laughs> Oscar Madison on this thing. Yeah. And John, poor Johnny has to put up with my messiness in no. digital land. Well, I mean, you have to put up with my OCD too, so it kind of kind of goes both ways. But I, I thought about this. We this training camp at the Greenbrier mm. that'll be training camp number five. Wow. Let me train camp number five. All these shows we've done. I know. A lot. A lot along the way. I can't wait to do those training camp shows when they're on the field and we're doing the show and it's so good. We can talk about what's going on and, you know, just little things remind you of something and it brings up another topic. And, you know, they were on the field today with OTAs, obviously. Mm -hmm. We'll be out there tomorrow to watch all of it. You'll see all the coverage on HoustonTexans.com and all the platforms. It's an exciting time of year. I think OTAs are kind of the start of training camp, you know, because once they get the 11-on-11 really going, that's when – they're That's when really you light up installing. A yeah, they're really putting stuff in, and this I've said this many times. This kind of replaces the old school six weeks of camp you used mm-hmm. to have. Now it's just two before that first preseason game. It's six weeks until the first regular season game, but it used to be, I guess, twelve. So now you had these OTAs where they're putting a lot of the stuff in, so they can hit the ground running when training camp begins. Yeah, and I I've always liked these these OTA sessions. There, uh, there's something I don't know. Maybe it's just because we haven't seen the full group together, especially a group that's had so much change. And I wrote about this, uh, uh, not this past Friday, Friday before. Oh, no, I actually wrote about last Friday, how much change there's been. Yeah, All the different did. free agents, mm-hmm. the waiver claims, guys like Sammy Coach, Josh Keys, guys that have been claimed on waivers, that you finally get a chance to see all together. We saw the rookies for a brief period, and then the rookies are part of this too. So you see Justin Reed out there with Tyra Matthew and Tristan Deku and all, this, all the vets in the secondary so you start to see all that, and you start putting the pieces together, and, and your mind starts to envision, okay, what is this going to look like? And you, you quit looking on paper, and you start seeing it, and you're like, oh, okay. I see how this I could, I see how this could be, or, oh, man, they're going to need some help here. Or And look, with a lot of this, with the offensive line in particular, you don't see them in pads, and they don't hit. There's no mm-hmm. contact. So there's that, that part of it. And, of course, offensive linemen hate OTAs. They hate it because you got all the defensive linemen jumping up, batting passes, right. and they have no recourse. There's nothing they can do. They can't punch anybody in the stomach. <laughs> they can't do anything. Yeah. It's always the most frustrating. So we will have OTAs. We'll have full coverage for you 
tomorrow after the one that we are going to cover. Well, Mark, I figured you wrote about the offense all week. Yeah. So I figured taking the news of last week, which was the the announcement that or, or the repeal of the sports wagering laws oh, in gosh. states. Oh, my gosh. And the fact that you wrote about the offense, I figured mm-hmm. we could do a little over-under here. Oh, over-under. I like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You like over-under. Mm-hmm. You like over-under. All right. Let's go. Number one. You ready? Right. I'll stay strictly offense. Right. Strictly offense. Mm-hmm. I wrote about defense. You wrote about the offense. You did that for the yearbook. So, strictly offense. The number is 31 and a half points. The touchdowns that Deshaun Watson Ooh. will throw for in 2018. I always bring this one up because yeah. the record, as you mentioned, passing touchdowns mm-hmm. in a year is Matt Schaub with 29. 29. So they they putting, matched it once. I'm putting the number mind. at 31 and a half. So he can still get over 29 but get under the number. 31 and a half passing touchdowns Deshaun Watson. Johnny, he's going way over 31. If he plays, he's going way right. over okay. because he had 19 in seven games. Right. right. And you think about this, six and a half games. Okay. And the Cincinnati game, they weren't exactly slinging it. He ran for that long touchdown. He is going to throw a ton. It's going to be 35. I would. I think the better number to set, like if the okay. boys in the desert were really setting a number, I would say 35 because okay. – you know, you, you can't think you're going to have 19 in seven games and that pace is going to keep up. But what blows my mind here is that Hopkins caught seven from him mm-hmm. and Fuller caught seven in right. four games. Right. Fuller had four games with Watson, and it was seven. It okay. was ridiculous. He had two games with two each. Now, that's not going to happen every week. I get that. But it's going to happen a lot where you get these guys going loose. And then what about the tight ends? I don't even know. I mean, you have Ryan Griffin and Steven Anderson coming back. But I don't know how Aikens figures in. Does Thomas catch a few? And then you look at the backs. What's Foreman going to be like in year two? If if he's healthy, he's going to factor into the mix. You look at some of the passing plays made to him. Boy, they're going to have a lot of options. It's going to be So you're going over 31 and a half. I'll go over. Okay, I I hope it's over 31 and a half. I I set that number there just – Little regression back to the mean. Mm-hmm. I remember last year going into Week Nine. I got I got a uh, I got something from NFL Media, and it was a breakdown of every game, and they had all these different like stats and little nuances, little nuggets. And it was the Colts Texans that got in every single bullet point was about Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson. Right. And the very last line, the very last line said, "Deshaun Watson's on pace for 43 touchdowns yeah. in 2018." And I I I did a double take and went, that doesn't say that. That's just 34. No, 43. Right. Now, that, you know, I, what would have happened the rest of the year? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Would he have gotten, when you think about some of the past defenses that they would have faced, what would have happened? Would he have gotten over the 29, I think, for sure? But how much further does he go? And is there a little bit of regression to the mean? So you say over. I would say over as well. So if you say over, the number of receivers to catch 10 Plus touchdowns Ooh. in 2018. The number is one and a half. Are you going over or under? Yeah, so we're going to say that two guys are going to catch 10 or more, which is a lot considering, let's go back to the Andre Johnson days mm-hmm. where nine was his career high in a season, right? There's career, yeah. There's career. Yeah. Nine was a high. In a season. Season career best, nine touchdown yep. receptions. Now Hopkins has eclipsed 10. Yep. And I think that he'll do it again. There's no question in my mind about Hopkins and Watson coming up with that kind of connection. And if Fuller is able to stay healthy along with Watson, I think he's able to get 10. So I'll go 
over on the one and a half. I'll go over. Because if Watson's going to throw 35 touchdowns, I think the chances are good that two guys are going to have 10 or more receiving touchdowns. But that is a tough number right there. Yeah, because is. you think about it, that doesn't happen too often where you get no. two guys with 10 or more. But I, I'll take the risk and go over. I mean, think around the league. How many, how many teams around the league are going to have two guys that have 10-plus touchdowns have those web, Even the Steelers, you know, even the Patriots, it's tough going. The Saints, you know, you get Drew Brees throwing a ton of touchdown passes. Yep. But, but how he many spreads times? it out so much, He does, though. and Watson's going to spread it out as well. You're going to have Lamar Miller. You yeah. know, I think we forget about Lamar Miller as a weapon in this offense. I mean, he, he's Mr. Dependable, all right? He might. It's funny because John McClain always talks about why can't he play as well as he did against the Texans when the Texans lost to Miami in that blowout in 2015. That was a long John McClain impression right there. Well, look, that was a phenomenal day for Lamar Miller. It was. You can't expect that every week. And, look, you know, you're dealing with an offensive line in transition, and they will be again this year. But he is dependable, and he'll be heard from a lot, I think, receiving and running. Yeah. All right, so I'll I'll go over. I'll go over, too. Mm -hmm. Even though I think that – I think DeAndre could be in the 13-14. I think if Will gets the 10, that'd be great. I just think – the uh, the uh, the other guys, guys like Kiki QT, mm-hmm. tight ends, Lamar and Deontay out of the backfield. Those guys have all got to pick up multiple touchdowns, two plus touchdowns each from a receiving standpoint, uh, and that could pull away from one of them. They could, as in, in fantasy league, where they say, um, well, uh, "Gosh, I can't uh, handicap." No, it's not that scavenge the touchdown. That's what right. I'm looking for, um, but. They they've got to pick up multiple touchdowns, so I do feel like Will will be closer to ten than the number he was projected to get with mm-hmm. with uh, Deshaun. I think if there's anything that falls off, I think that's the one thing that teams will will try to take the away. Deep, uh, the They'll deep try ball. to definitely yeah. take away that deep ball and yeah. take Will away. I think there's a possibility. Going back to DeAndre's tweet the night that Will Fuller was the night that Will Fuller was drafted, he said no more double teams. DeAndre's still going to see double teams. But I think there's going to be a heavy focus against his team of giving up the deep well, ball. Then I'm going right to Hopkins. Thank yeah. you. You but pay that much attention yeah. to Fuller. Absolutely. Now Hopkins is open. Take All your right, pick. I'm going to throw one at you right now. Okay. Tight ends as a group, 100 catches over under. I'm going to go under. Because oh, of the man, intensity. That's tough. Well, it, it is tough. <sighs> I think, though, that's a solid pick right there. Osweiler went nuts throwing to the tight ends in yeah. 2016. And maybe he was just more comfortable doing that. Yeah. Dorwitz and Griffin had that great year, and Anderson had a few catches as well. But I think it is under because the receivers are going to get so much action with Watson. And, yeah, they'll get attention. I think the tight ends are going to have a good year, much better than last year. How could they not as long as they stay healthy? But I think that under 100 is a safe pick here. I think that, yeah, I think under 100. And if you keep in mind, that year in 16, Steven had 11 catches CJ had 54 and Ryan had – that was 115. Yeah. That's that's well over the number, but that was a that was a healthy amount for that tight end catches. That was the best catches. season they ever had here right. with the tight end group. It, it, exactly. So, from that that perspective, I think I think 100. But then you start thinking about, man, they've got – I think Steven Anderson could catch 30-35. I think Griff, Whoa. if healthy. 30-35. Well, he caught 25 last year, and he didn't play in every game. Yeah, that's And there were games – but the thing is, is there are games in which – with the offense they're running, there are games in which the tight ends are featured. There are some games when it's they're not as featured. Right. And so that's, and sometimes that's the they're one not thing. available. And here's the other <laughs> thing, too. Brock's default check down was always the yeah. tight ends. Deshaun's default check down 
ends up being the running backs a lot of times. Yep. And those guys end up making big plays, which leads me to the running backs. Okay. Deontay Foreman, mm-hmm. the over-under mm. is 900 rushing yards. Under. You're going under for Deontay. I'm going under. Because they're going to split carries, he and Lamar Miller. Yep. And, look, 1,000 yards is not exactly an enormous amount right. in the National Football League for an individual. 66 yards a game. Lamar had, what, 800-plus last year. Yep. You're not going to – I don't think you're going to get that. And he's coming off the Achilles. I think he'll play. I think he'll make some really great plays. But I think it'll be a complimentary kind of thing. I think Lamar's still going to get a lot of carries. So you're going under 900. a lot. I'm going to go under 900 yards. So that if doesn't I mean he has a bad year. I think he's going to catch the ball a lot, too. Do you, if I set that same number for Lamar, would you go under or over? 900, 900 rushing Ooh. yards. Or let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. How about this? 1,500 combined rushing yards, Lamar Miller and Deontay over. Foreman. Now over. you're going over. Now I'm going over. I just don't think I'm going over 900 for Foreman and over 1,000 for Miller. I think they'll both be somewhere between 8 and 9, and I think that'll be a really nice year for this team. You think about it. You start adding up those rushing yards, and then whoever else happens to get in the mix for some carries. Yep. I don't know if Terry Swanson is going to do something as an undrafted rookie. Look, I don't know if Tyler Irvin comes back and carries the ball finally for this team. We know Prosh isn't going to get any action there. Sorry, Jay. It's not going <laughs> to happen. We're fighting for you, Jay. Yeah. We're lobbying, for Jay, but it's just not going to happen. Come on. So I think that uh, it, it's it's reasonable to say eight, 900 yards apiece for those guys. And you know what? If you're offering me that right now yeah. instead of what's behind door number two, I'm taking that taking eight, it. 900 yards right now. Right now. Okay. Yeah. Kiki QT, Jordan mm-hmm. Thomas. Jordan Aikens. Okay, three rookies. Potentially Terry Swanson. Mm-hmm. All rookies. Yeah. Six and a half. Mm-hmm. Total number of touchdowns accounted Ooh. for by Ooh. all rookies. Six and a half. Oh, that's a good over-under. Because who knows? At this point, I mean, here we are. I'm talking first all touchdowns. Of- Rushing, receiving, return maybe? Six and a half. First day of full squad OTAs, and I got to predict how many touchdowns the rookies have. Yes. Oh, gosh. Bill Bill O'Brien is listening. He's ready to drive back here and strangle me. (laughs) He really is. He's driving back. What is that? That door's going to fly fly open in 30 seconds, and and I will be uh, be back in a second. Uh, Yeah. As a coach, he hears this, and his skin crawls a little bit. But as a sports fan, he gets it. Yeah. He does. He understands this kind of talk, and I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over the six and a half okay. because if he's going to throw that many touchdowns, the rookies are going to have, you know, a half dozen to ten touchdowns combined. I would believe that would be the case. But as I say that, Johnny, when you look at the two rookie tight ends, chances are one of them's not going to do a whole lot. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just going to work out that way. I don't know who. Maybe it's injuries. Maybe it's uh, he needs time to develop. I don't know what. And Terry Swanson, I mean, how can you say that he's going to do anything yet? Yeah, yeah, you know, although no. maybe he turns into a gem. I think Terry Swanson's going to be interesting. I think so, too. I just have this feeling about Terry Swanson. Yeah, Terry Swanson, LeVon Coleman, two running backs. Kind of a thunder. And, they're kind of their own thunder and lightning mm-hmm. deal back there. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them make this team, to be honest with you. Well, but it's a matter of whether they can end up staying healthy. I mean, it's it's uh, it's like Canadian football versus uh, American football when you look at, well, what he did at Toledo versus, you know, the NFL. Yeah. It's just like not apples to apples. But when you look at Kareem Hunt right. and the comparison there, you compare Kareem Hunt's numbers at Toledo to Swanson. Look, he wasn't as good as Kareem Hunt at, right. at Toledo, but he was pretty good. Right. I mean, he carried the load. He scored, what, 13 touchdowns last year, had yeah. a lot of yards, same 13, yards per 14, carry. Yeah. I mean, the chances are just on paper he should be able to do something in this league. So you're going over the six and a half. I am. 
All right, Mark. Nice job. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Coming up next, how about a little Julian Davenport? Yeah, he stopped by the studio a couple days ago. We'll have that for you on the eve of OTAs. Well, for us, anyways. We'll have that for you next right here in Texans All Access. Welcome back to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. Glad to be with you on this wonderful Monday evening. We just got through talking with Mark Vandermeer. Now, Mark's going to join us in this segment as well, along with DP Sidhu. They had an opportunity to speak with one of, I would think, the five most pivotal figures slash players for this Texans team in 2018, Julian Davenport. A lot has been mentioned. I've talked to Everybody's talked about him. But Julian Davenport started the last two games. He started three games for the Texans last year, one against the Colts earlier in the year, then two games at the end of the year, one against the Colts and one against the Steelers the last two games of the year. And I've talked about those two games, going back and watching those and looking at the things that Julian was doing right, things he wasn't doing earlier in the year, the progress he made, and going against guys like T.J. Watt and Jabal Sheard, especially Sheard, a guy that has given the Texans so many issues, whether it's with the Patriots or with the uh, Colts last year. He's a guy that gives them a ton of issues. And Julian, I thought, held his own against him. Well, during our media days, Julian came in the studio and talked with both Mark Vandermeer and D.P. Sidhu. And, of course, Mark had to get to the bottom of Julian or Julian. Joining us right now in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, it's Julian Davenport. Now, did I pronounce that correctly? Julian, yep. Julian. So, all your life, people have been mispronouncing it, I'm sure. And D.P. actually uncovered the correct pronunciation I, when you I, were drafted. I took credit for it, but it you just you're just you're just a nice guy. You just let people say yeah. Julian because you get tired of people correcting yeah, I you. I mean, yeah, you know, I go answer to both I, I know who they mean when they say the name so mm-hmm. it's all good in my book i understand that because as someone who gets their name mispronounced all the time at some point you just say you know what just call me whatever you want yeah exactly but i'm glad everyone's calling you julio i'm glad that you're here as well okay Thank you. so you're from south jersey and you end up going to bucknell which is you know a great school what were your other options how did that happen and did you grow a lot right when you got there what was the recruiting process like uh, for you so in high school i had uh i would say more uh bigger offers i would say i committed very early uh which made me lose my offers i committed to old dominion and i still wanted to be recruited right so as the process went down i eventually decommitted to open it back up and when it came down to it i took an official visit to fordham university and mm-hmm. bucknell university right bucknell you well, didn't like fordham you didn't want to live in the bronx yeah <laughs> i wasn't a real city guy uh-huh. you know bucknell well, was more smaller yeah kind of like home Kind of felt myself there. Oh, yeah, the bison. It's a nice place to be. Yeah. I was going to say, what was it about Bucknell? It was just the atmosphere? Yeah, like me, I'm more so a, a fill-it-out guy. So just being there and, you know, just kind of walking around and feeling that, that atmosphere, as you said, it just felt like the place for me. Did you know that you were going to go into the NFL when you were applying for colleges? Did you ever worry that going to a smaller school versus a bigger school, how that would affect you later on? Or was that you just wanted to to go where you'd fit in? Yeah, I mean, uh, that was always the dream. And even when I came in as a freshman, I was telling people that, hey, like, I'm looking to go to the NFL. I know the school doesn't have, you know, big history of people going to NFL and football, but that was me. And as I went through my years, you know, people started to come to the realization that, hey, this is – probably going to happen for this guy and and nobody had been drafted out of bucknell for like a number of years i want to say like 40 years i think uh 1969 was the last one yeah it was it was a there was a long stretch and then you you broke the streak being drafted 
Yeah, you know, so it was that big. That must have been very special. Definitely big for the school, you know, uh, to just be that one, you know, of many who I know absolutely probably had chances and tried to and just wasn't fortunate enough. So I'm glad uh, I got that opportunity. You know, the Alumni Association is going to be calling. <laughs> Julian Davenport joining us on Texas Radio. What about physically? Were you the same, or obviously you weren't the same size going into college, but how did you develop physically? You're 6'7 right now, around 320. Yeah, so uh, I would say I came in my freshman year uh, through high school. I was knowing that football was going to be my sport. I played mm-hmm. basketball as well. Started to put on weight. Right. I came in my freshman year in the camp at 309. Mm-hmm. You know, probably some wow. good weight, some bad weight. But <laughs> as I went through college, you know, uh, it was hard to keep it up because right. I was a leaner guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so went through the years, and I used to sweat. I still do sweat a lot. Right. And lose a lot of weight, you know, working in that sun. So mm-hmm. sometimes the weight will fluctuate, but always stay between that 300, 310 range. I'm glad you said good weight and bad weight, all right, because a lot of people don't differentiate that. A 300 Plenty of us pound, know, know the difference, yeah, actually. 300-pound offensive lineman, 300 is not necessarily 300 <laughs> good pounds, right? Yeah. So what are you doing right now? How has that changed since you've entered the league as a rookie going into year two? Oh, well, you know, uh, just – I would say the better opportunity of, you know, food that's uh, available right mm-hmm. for me right now, I would say, because we didn't have a training table like other schools did, bigger right. schools. So it was just had to eat as what was available. Uh, but now, you know, it's the right food in the cafeteria for us. We got the new strength guys, new nutritionists, and mm-hmm. they're all, like, working with everybody to, you know, have all that weight that you got be as much good weight as possible and have your body feeling amazing how about this off season you talk about opportunity bill o'brien's talked about the opportunity for the o-linemen and and yourself i mean he he says that you know you you're ready to play left tackle if you need to because last year obviously you got a couple starts how much did that help you getting those starts late in the season and, and what's your perspective heading into training camp this off season uh, I mean, the starts last season definitely, you know, was great to get the experience uh, and the opportunity to go out there and play against guys who've been playing in the league for years. So I took that and ran with it, and now I'm trying to uh, take this spot, left tackle, and run with it and never look back. So I'm looking to go into training camp and, you know, not hold back on anything and go 100% every day, every play, and, you know, take this spot and basically solidify it. What was that like against the Pittsburgh Steelers Christmas Day? It's the Steelers. That experience for you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. That was actually my favorite football team growing up. Okay. So uh, it was a good game for me. And to be able to start against them on Christmas, you know, everybody was, I would say, a little more hype for me than I was. But, like, I was just hyped to have the opportunity to, you know, play and start in the game. And it was amazing. I thought I played a good game and went out there and fought hard. Julian Davenport joining us. Take us back to next year, uh, or last year's off-season training camp. What was a real welcome to the NFL type of moment for you? Oh, welcome to the NFL. Uh, I wouldn't say I had too much. You know, I was just, I was the rookie coming in. And uh, so, you know, not that to say they don't care about the rookies, but you're going to be doing a lot more. So yeah, I just had some times to where I was taking a lot of reps, you know, with different teams and, all back-to-back-to-back, and I would go in, you know, say come out a 15-play drive, go right to the next one, switch sides, and get real exhausted. Like I had one play to where it was at the end of, like, our last drive, and I've already probably ran about 30 plays in a row, and I was just tired, and I just went the wrong way. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was my mess up, but gotta yeah. be gotta be zone, uh, zoned in when going gets tough. What else do you think you really need to work on coming into year two here, or what have you worked on? Uh, I mean, definitely, you know, you can never work on too much technique because nobody's perfect. So that's uh, every day, you know, get grinding on that technique, continuing to work on the body as well because, you know, that's going to help you stay injury-free and stay in this league a long time. Right. So technique, body, strength, you know, all the tangibles to make me one of the best O-linemen out there. Ever since I've been in Houston media, basically, other than 2007, Talk about Dwayne Brown being the left tackle for this team, sort of like Ron Popeil, said it and forget it. Dwayne was a guy, you knew he was a guy, you didn't really have to talk about left tackle too much. But I think left tackle has been, been a huge talking point this offseason, obviously because of the troubles the offensive line had last year. And then a second-year player who has all three career starts starting potentially at left tackle. Will there be competition? Of course, there will always be competition, left tackle, right tackle, center, guard, right, left, whatever. There's always going to be competition, I would think, at least for the next couple of years. But hopefully with the additions of Zach Fulton and Senio Calamete and Chantrell Henderson and then holdovers like Nick Martin and Julian Davenport and Kyle Fuller, in particular David Quesenberry, that this team can find its 5-0 linemen, feel very confident in that, in a group that can grow together and get better week in and week out. And I think that was the one thing about the offensive line last year. We felt like it needed to get better week in and week out. And there were times you felt like, okay, mate, and then the next week, no, it's you're, you're not, we're not getting there. Five different left tackles started last year. Hopefully this is going to be a line that stays healthy, <clears throat> can maintain its continuity, and then take that next step. If they take the next step, those five guys up front, find a swing tackle, a guy that can play in the interior, a number of different positions. This offense got a chance to do some of the great things that we talked about in that first segment with Mark, Man- with Mark Vandermeer. Now, let's talk about the defense side of the ball. I wrote about the defense for the yearbook as Mark wrote about the offense. There are some interesting things to come out of my study of the offense and the impact, obviously, of Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt going down and how things change, especially statistically, for this defense. Let's do over-unders with Drew Doherty speaking of numbers next, right here on Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris here, Drew Doherty there. Drew, what's going on, buddy? How are you doing? Not much. How are you, Jonathan? We are uh, we're, we're doing well. Did a segment earlier with Mark uh, of over-unders on the offensive side of the ball because Mark had written about the offense for the yearbook. Yeah. And there's been a lot of changes on the defensive side of the ball. Right. So I figured, you know what? Let's do some over-unders on the defensive side Let's of the do ball. do it, man. This, the sports wagering world has now changed uh-huh. with this landmark announcement at the beginning of last week. It's a wild, wild west. It man. is. And so that bleeds over into Texans All Access. Now, keep in mind, there's... We always do. I've done these. We've done over. Under yeah, we've been doing this for many, years many now. Times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is nothing new, mm-hmm. but it's presented in a new landscape, I suppose. Sure. I don't think you're going to come to Energy Stadium and be able to gamble on over-unders, but it's a good talking point. Yet. Yep. All right. You ready? Yeah. So here we go. Over-under. Now, before I, before I ask this, let's go ahead and just assume – Full health for everybody we're sure. talking about here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Assume full health, which leads me to number one, and why I say that. Over under 12 and a half. The number 
of sacks for Jadeveon Clowney in 2018. Mm. 12 and a half. It's a pretty rich number. I'm going to go under, and it's not going to be by much. Okay. But he still, even after the year he had this year, he didn't get double-digit sacks. He got nine and a half. Yeah. He was still a disruptive player, force. Yeah. He was a fearsome force. But I don't I don't know that he's going to get the sack numbers. I could see his, his total going up, but still yes. not reaching that. Right. I can see him getting like ten and a half or eleven. Right. Get a double digit. Yeah, which would still be an improvement. You know, he he just wrecked shop in the run game as well, um, as far as getting TFLs. And he gets they need to create a new category, a new statistic for him. Tackles caused by throwing another offensive <laughs> teammate because at times last year we yeah. saw him tackle guys with a left tackle, a fullback, and a tight end. Yes. So uh I'm gonna say under but not by much. I was watching the Cardinals game. There were two reasons. Number one, I started wanting to see what Tyron Matthew looked like mm-hmm. against us. And there was there was a hilarious play in that game where Bruce Ellington, before Bruce Ellington went in motion, mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew started to go in motion to the other side. And you could almost see Tyron like motion, like motion to him like, all right, come on. I know you're going. Yeah. And he did. And Bruce went in motion. It was like Tyron knew that Bruce was going to go in motion before Bruce even went in motion. He's a heady player, and man. man. Tyron Matthews is a heady player. Very you, smart. Just amazing to watch that guy work. And then I watched the, the defensive side of the ball. And as I was watching the defensive side of the ball, you just you can't take your eyes off Clowney. Mm-hmm. And there was a play in that game against the Cardinals where they tried to block him with the tight end. They had They had a... They had a three tight end alignment. They had two. T- no, I'm sorry. They had two tight ends. They had a tight end and a kind of a wing. And they were trying to block Clowney with the tight end. Just to, and I think it was Jermaine Gresham. I don't re- recall. And I'm telling you, he took Gresham in a similar manner and just drove him right into the backfield. He drove him far enough that there was a gap that opened up where the running back was trying to get through. Is Adrian Peterson? So he's holding Gresham off with one arm and he tackles Adrian Peterson with yeah. the other. I mean, Adrian John. Peterson. Think about it, man. I mean, we saw it on his his first game with the Texans back yeah. in 14 in the preseason against the Cardinals. If he can ragdoll your left tackle, yeah. he can. he's going to eat your tight end and your fullback and your running. Yeah, he's exactly. he's going to take care of any of those lesser blocking players. He yep. can do that. So, I mean, I still think his sack number will go up, but I don't know that it'll jump that drastically. So I'm going to say under. The leader and just uh, I got me thinking as we were talking. Chandler Jones led the league in sacks last year with 17. Mm-hmm. Then you had Clayus Campbell and Demarcus Lawrence with 14 and a half each. Everson Griffin, Cameron Jordan, Ryan Kerrigan all had 13. That was tied for fourth in the league last year. Mm-hmm. So a 12 and a half would have put Jadeveon tied for seventh. That's a pretty rich number. So I, I put that number up there pretty high. So I, I agree with you. I do think it's under, but I do think it's double digits. I think it's, it's still, somewhere between 10 and 12 and a half. And it still points back to the greatness that is J.J. Watt, 20. Two different times. I mean, he's he's hit that mark two different times. All right, so let's put that number out right. there. The number for J.J. Watt sacks, the over-under number, is 14. Wow, that's a high number for that's a for pretty a That's a pretty stealthy, that's you know a pretty what? healthy number. Judging by, you and I have talked about this, judging by his responses a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. to questions about where he is. Yep. He's very coy about this. And, I th- and it's a calculated coyness. And I think he's, in his mind, 110% on 
health wise. Yeah, because we've so seen too. him swinging a golf club, and that's mm-hmm. that puts a weird torque on your back. And he had a back injury a couple years ago. I I think he's going to be back. I'll say I'll say over. I think he's going to be able to do this. I really do. I, and I I think he's making a list, checking it twice, and everybody <laughs> that's doubting him, and he's remembering that because that in part sometimes fuels him. Yeah. I, I think he's I think he's primed and, and ready for a big year. So because he knows there are people doubting him. Yeah, you know he knows that. To keep this keep that number in perspective, his rookie year at five and a half, mm-hmm. and the last two years he's played he played. Uh, three games in 16 and right. four games in 17. It was week five, but it was really four games because it was early in that game. Every other year, one, two, three, so those four other years, he's been 17 and a half plus. Yeah. Three of those four years, and the other year was 2013, that crappy year of two and 14. He had 10 and a half sacks that year. And he was still a, and, a dominant force yeah, that year. He, he, like, was incre- he still was incredible in yeah. 2013. Mm-hmm. So 14 is... Again, fully healthy. I and I I saw it last year. I, we saw. I mean, we did a film room on him. Now we did it in the New England game with him against the run. But rushing the quarterback, if you just watched him, JJ got close. I don't know how many times to get back uh, to the quarterback against mm-hmm. Tom Brady. I mean, he hits slaloming him. through yes. multiple blockers yes. when they were when they were making a calculated effort to go away from him and keep the protection. Maxed against him, so and one of the things for, for JJ too is he gets him in bunches. Yeah, like he'll get two one week, then three the next. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he'll he'll get them in bunches, and then teams are like, oh, we got double and triple team him. He'll still get the hurries. He'll get tackles for losses. He might not get a sack for a while, and that's sort of what happened to him at the beginning of seventeen. But I I think if he's fully healthy, I think fourteen is is absolutely within within reason. Okay, let's go to the one side you and I always talk about. You always bring this up intelligently. I, in fact, I wrote about the defense for the yearbook, and one of the things I noticed in the defense, this is how weird last year was. Since 2011, the Texans had been in the top seven in total defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Every year but one, that was 2014, there were 16. Mm-hmm. But the difference was in that year. Turnovers. Thank you. Takeaways. 34 turnovers that year. Give me that every day of the week. Okay, so here we go. Team turnovers forced. Now, the Texans forced a lot of opportunities, yeah. but they didn't get all of them, especially early in the year. Team turnovers forced, I'm putting the number at 25. 25. That's a, that's a jump of nine. Yep. Team. Yep. Defense was 15. You got a fumble recovery on a uh, punt return last year. Yep. So the defense did 15. You're saying team. I think that's that's a good number. I'm going to go over by a little bit because I do think on special teams, I think you're going to see a, a market improvement there. You've got some guys who are experienced in that area. They're faster mm-hmm. on the whole than what we've seen here lately, special teams. But defensively, I think it's going to rise because of a of an opportunistic guy like Tyron Matthew. I think Justin Reed's going to add to that. But more importantly. I think just the pass rush being back with Watt, with Merciless, with Clowney, and the maturation of young guys like Reeder, Covington, yep. Watkins. Brandon Dunn is a very productive guy. Yes. When he got gets a very chance. Very much so. Very maybe, much so. Maybe if you sometimes see Fumba Kamalu, I think he's going to come along. So, yeah, I think that rises. I, I think 25 is a number that will get beat. So, last year you mentioned it was 16. Mm-hmm. In 2016, 
when they were the number one defense in the league, they only generated 17 turnovers. Yeah. In 2015, they generated 25 turnovers, yeah. which I think is more in line with what they'll do. And in 2014, they generated 34 turnovers. And they had, in 2014, they had, I believe, a dozen-ish that were backed up when they they got these turnovers when they were in their own red zone. So they were – Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other team was about to score, yep. and they got a turnover. It was remarkable. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know that you'll get to that number, but you'll get – I think you'll get above 25 because of everything coming back. So under Bill O'Brien, 34, 25, 16, 17. So 33, 58, 92. They're averaging 23 a year. So put the number at 25. Yeah, I, I tend to think with the number of – Ball hawk type players they added, like you mentioned, Cunningham Colvin. maturing in the middle, yes, absolutely. Cole maturing absolutely. in the middle. Those guys are, are ball hawkish. Aaron Colvin, so yeah, I think you've upgraded there, and you will. Okay, let's take those men you just mentioned, Zach Cunningham. Let's combine him with Bernardrick McKinney. Yep, combined tackles, Cunningham and McKinney. Now this has got a lot of layers because you'd like to think. If you're ahead in games, teams are going to throw the ball more. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have as many tackles. If you're ahead in games, maybe those guys aren't playing because they're getting some rest. If you're, um, you know, if your offense is dominating the time of possession because do- offense is dominating, defense is out there as much, kind of like it was against Tennessee. Yeah, a Tennessee game that they played 32. So this has got a pretty nuanced feel. Total number of tackles: Zach Cunningham and Bernardrick McKinney. Last year it was 185. I think it was 95 and 90, I believe. Mm-hmm. 185. This year, I'm setting the number at 190. Total tackles. You're going over, mm. under, total tackles. Bernardrick McKinney and Zach Cunningham. <sighs> over, under is 190. I'm going to stay under. I, I think they won't be out there as much. I think they'll still be active. But. Yeah, I'll say just under. Just that's a good number. It's a good Vegas number. You really it is gotta, a good number. You got really yeah. got to think about. It. I'm going to say under. I, I don't think that they'll I, get above that. I think they're like I said. The, the, all those different layers make you think. Because my first inclination was to put it well over 200. But I think you're going to have you're, you'll see more defensive line tackles than you did last year, yep. and more secondary tackles. I think that'll draw away from what we saw last year. Those guys gobbling them up in the middle. Well, I, I, yeah, exactly, and I think. One other thing that I think about in that Tennessee game. Now, you're not going to beat teams 57 to 14 sure. often. But in that Tennessee game, the majority of the starters played essentially half the game. They played yeah. 32 plays. Mm-hmm. That was all that those guys played, 32 plays. Now, if you consider you're ahead in the game, the team's having to throw. So of those 32 plays, how many of those end up being true opportunities to make a tackle? And the hope is that you have a few more games like that mm-hmm. because of the offense that you're going to have and the offense is going to dominate the ball, et cetera. So I I would actually say it's it's under, but I think both of them get to 90. I think it's somewhere in that 180 to 190 range. Yeah. I think they have kind of the same feeling. And, again, to your point, you're bringing in one of the better tacklers in the NFL, Tyra Matthew, one of the best. Uh, I Whether you know Justin Reed coming in mm-hmm. and his size, having to come in, you know, pick up some of those tackles. And then if Kareem is allowed to play inside and not have to go outside as right. much, Kareem is an excellent tackler as well. That also That's what I was, was gonna say also, how does he how does Romeo deploy some of these defensive right. backs right. as far as 
So who's playing like a box safety ish? Right. Like a safety. Who's going to help against the run? Who's yeah. going to do those kind of things? And then also, they got to get past Merciless Clowney, Watt, mm-hmm. Reader, as you mentioned. They mm-hmm. got to get past that defensive line. Because one thing JJ did was he gobbled up a lot of. Oh, yeah. And Clowney, too. Yep. TFLs. Think about that. How much are those guys, Watt and Clowney, going to split or add yep. to the tackle for loss statistic? And you throw Merciless in that yeah. mix, too. Mm-hmm. That's the key to me, I think, is. Getting those guys opportunity. I felt like last year those guys helped themselves get opportunities when, in the games they played together. They would help themselves get opportunities because they would have some TFLs and have some mm-hmm. plays. But uh, like New England, I think, was a perfect example of that. They would have those opportunities, and then they got themselves opportunities to go rush Tom Brady, and they got there a few times, and then there were a few times where the secondary just wasn't able to hold up against it. I think the secondary holds up a little bit better. It's like in any game. I mean, the ball bounces differently on two plays last year in New England. Yeah. You win by 15, 16 right. points. Right. Same thing you go for them. Right. You, they, could, they, they could have boat raced the Texans. Had the, right. But the the ball pops loose after Gilchrist hits right. Brady. Boom, game over. Or Corey Moore, Corey Moore makes the comes down with yep. a, what would have been a remarkable interception. Game over. Or earlier in the contest, the uh, the fumble. That uh, that that they basically they ruled where the ball just kind of popped oh. up out of nowhere from Brady. Yeah, you know that that gives you some momentum. No, you're abso- you're absolutely right about that. So I yeah I'm I'm with you on that. I, I feel like under 190 combined tackles for McKinney and uh, for Cunningham. Now I could That'd see Cunningham's thing. number his number going up and McKinney's going down. I could see that a little bit. Yeah, you know? just because they're gonna. I think Zach's gonna be asked to do a lot more. I said the other night. I said he's going to be one of the top five yeah. players on this team. I think he's going to have a fabulous year. All right, we can't leave without a hunting badger. And he was kind of the, the he was kind of the impetus for all this. <laughs> Just thinking about a hunting badger. Interception. Let's let's do this. Fumbles forced plus interceptions for the hunting badger this year. I'm setting the number at six over. combined. I was thinking forced fumbles over. and interceptions. I was thinking ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah, if he creates ten, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, that'll that one that's one heck of a year. Because I think he's going to benefit from this improved pass rush. Yeah, I really do, and he, and he's also going to benefit from. He has said this a couple times now. He's like, "This is I've been this healthy since I was at LSU, right? In my young days at LSU, that's scary." And he's out. putting up all these videos of him working out and the footwork stuff. I mean, it's I can't wait to see what he does. So I really can't wait, and he's very motivated. Yep. Very much so. His best year at Arizona, he had five interceptions, one forced fumble. That's six. Now, that was with Arizona. Yeah. Now, Clayce Campbell was there, but not quite the full strength of defense. In his career, first year, two interceptions, one fumble. That's three. Second year, uh, he had um, he only started six games. He had one interception, no forced fumbles. And he had six in that Pro Bowl year. He had one interception, one forced fumble. I Last could, year, he had two interceptions and one forced fumble. I can see the number being around three. eight. You know, like I think he's going to force more fumbles this year. I think so, too. And I think he'll get like three or four picks. I think so, too. And when you've got a good front seven and you're that last guy to come in, mm-hmm. get those, get that ball out, yep. rip it out. You have that opportunity to do that. I think he's got that. Man, he did it in college. There's going to be some floaters that, that guys let loose because J.J.'s getting there, Whitney's yep. getting there, Clowney's getting there, and he's going he's gonna to capitalize. Drew, appreciate it, my man. Thank Any you. time. And there's your show. Got to thank Drew. Got to thank Julio Davenport, DP, Mark, and all of you for listening. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. First day of OTAs. Well, for us, anyways. We'll see you then. And as always, go Texans.